Let's say good morning to Mark Tuohy, advisor to business and political leaders. He's on the morning brief today. Nice to have you. Good morning, John Moore. Okay, so the debate went on forever, and they debated a whole bunch of revenue tools for the city of Toronto that will generate almost no money, and then decided to ask for something they probably won't get, which is a sales tax. You have been on the council floor during sessions like this. Uh, what are your thoughts on what unfolded yesterday? It's uh, a lot of politics, and it's not going to make a big bit of difference in the long run but i mean look toronto has always had a spending problem not a revenue problem and that is not always in toronto's uh, not always toronto's fault i mean toronto was required to spend on a bunch of things that were downloaded from the province uh that you know grow at a rate that isn't uh, in line with the increase in the property tax assessment base things like child care welfare public health uh you know all of that kind of stuff even ambulance services quite frankly so you know it's not necessarily toronto's fault but on top of that they keep adding on things that are wonderfully nice to haves but not necessarily should haves uh, at the end of the day whether you think that revenue tools you know should be used whatever the number one problem that every city councillor promised to fix that mayor olivia chow promised to fix was the cost of living in this city and adding any new tax automatically doesn't fix that you know you cannot make something more affordable by making it more expensive and so that is the big rub here they need to grapple with the cost and that's going to mean and you know mayor chow is right about this you know refugees and shelters that's a federal government maybe a provincial government problem not a city of toronto problem all those other things that were downloaded that are social services that's a provincial government problem not a city of toronto problem uh, she should take the keys to those services Services, drop them on Queen's Park and wipe our hands of them. Yeah, well, maybe it is time for some radical action because uh, the figure they gave out yesterday morning, Mark, was that 50% of the people in the Toronto shelter system currently are refugees, which means that, you know, not, I don't know that we can call them genuine homeless, but I mean, the homeless people we should be looking after, we don't have room for them. We don't have room for them. Yeah, I mean, there is a certain expectation that the city will take care of its own, but not that the city will be beholden to take care of every every person that the federal government, you know, woos to this country. And we should accept refugees, but when the prime minister of this country will welcome them with you know kisses to the forehead at airports and take credit for rescuing them uh, he should man up and actually deliver some of the rescue not just showing up for the photo op he's you know welcoming people encouraging them to come here and that's the right thing for canadians to do but he shouldn't then just kind of dump them and walk away from them and leave them sleeping on the streets of the cities across this country. The, the federal conservatives begin a convention in Quebec City. They have to be, as Paul McCartney would say, chuffed about their placement in the polls, especially a poll. It's actually a poll we were talking about yesterday, but they released a few more portions of it. And it turns out millennials are increasingly very much in favor of the conservatives. And just before I turn this over to you for your thoughts, I think it's always worth defining because people have this uh, fixed idea of millennials from several years ago that they're you know kids living off of um, milk crates and they're 22 years old and millennials are now in their late 20s early 40s 
yeah, millennials uh, grew up. Uh, who figured? Who could see that coming? But uh, I think this is good news for the conservatives, but it probably has less to do with the conservatives and more to do with the fact that the federal government, the liberal government at the moment, happens to be, you know, it's pushing the end of its time window. People get sick and tired of governments after they've had them for a while. And as these millennials have grown up, they've gone into the world where they're paying, you know, they're making, you know, better money now than they did as they were kids but they're having to live off of it almost exclusively without much support from you know their parents they look at the uh, you know their pay stubs and see how much money gets taken off in tax they look at the grocery bill and see how much things are costing they look at the fact that they can't still afford to buy a home or even rent a home in some of Canada's biggest cities and so the bloom is off the rose and they're looking for some economic uh, you know assistance in terms of an economy that actually works for them and it isn't working for them and uh, inevitably that comes to roost at the foot of the uh, the government in power that's the liberals so the polls may go up they may go down but you know people are just kind of turning away from the liberals looking for an alternative the NDP clearly isn't one in the minds of most millennials so it's the conservatives turn the ombudsman says military the military is underestimating mental health risks for domestic deployments and we should break that out what we're talking about we're talking about fighting forest fires we're also i think talking about what must have been a horrible harrowing time when members of our armed forces were sent into homes during covid and they discovered absolutely disgusting conditions but i'm always curious you having served in uniform what your thoughts on this are yeah i'm less I'm less surprised by the sort of, oh, PTSD. PTSD seems to be the flavor of the month, quite frankly, and having been diagnosed with it myself, I think I'm fairly qualified to say that. Uh, not everything that is diagnosed as PTSD actually is, but it's definitely a problem. The more interesting part of this report, I think, John, is that we are increasingly relying on our reservists who are part-time soldiers. They're high school teachers, they're bus drivers, they are business people, they're students in high school. Uh, you know, for most of the time, a couple of nights a week, typically, they put on a uniform and learn some military skills, and then they volunteer because they're already in our communities to show up whenever there's a disaster in the community. So quite often, it's their community that they're supporting. But because they're part-time members, as soon as they demobilize from that operation, they go back home, spread out uh, often across the country, and there aren't resources for them. We noticed that uh, back in the days when uh, you know Canadian forces were heavily involved in the Balkans, and 50-60% of the deployments were part-timers, and then they would go back and instead of being on a base in Parawawa uh, or Wainwright, they would be out in the middle of uh, Vancouver or you know, Yellowknife where there just aren't the resources for them. The military needs to recognize that more and more it's relying on part-time reservists to do its job and it needs a different system because putting medical facilities on bases where those soldiers are not isn't helping. Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you this morning. Good to have you this morning. Take care, John. That is Mark Tui on the morning brief.